Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by our guest speaker be a blessing to your life and helping you to grow in your understanding in God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. All right, most of you know me already, but if you don't know me, I'm Miss Loretta. I have been um, in the children's ministry. Actually, Alfred, I think I even... (laughs) (laughs) had <laughs> you in my class too and and how old are you now <laughs> you asked you asked okay all right actually alfred weren't you didn't you play jesus in the easter play and you did wonderful you really did <laughs> her life was transformed it, it was transformed it, was, it wasn't funny, but I still remember at um, one of our play practices, we, we actually um, obviously couldn't do nails in, in your hands, right? For real, so we tied his hands. I don't know if you guys remember this or if you were even here for this. I don't even know. But we tied your hands to the cross, and we're like, okay, you got you to gotta keep it up there. And he was falling over. The cross was falling over. And it was just so, I'm like, that's not supposed to be funny, but it really, really was funny. So I'm so sorry, Al, but you did a great job on the day of. You didn't fall over. So great, wonderful. Um, okay, Children's Ministry Sunday. I'm excited about this because, um, as you just heard, <laughs> I've been doing this for quite some time. And um, children are important. Children are so important. Juan is in church today. Alex is in church today. Alfred is in church today. Um, Annetta, I even had you (laughs) in my class. You're in church today. My son is in church today, and he's leading worship. Praise the Lord, right? It's so important to train up a child in the way they should go, right? This is our, our verse Um, that we kind of go by with our children's ministry class. If you can train them up when they're young, our prayer for every single child that has came through the ministry, that they will not turn from it when they continue to grow. And we know that sometimes that happens because the world gets a hold of them and they, they lose their way. But if we can get that when they're young, in their hearts, God's word, deep in their hearts, our prayer is that they're going to remember that as they grow. Shouldn't that be all of our prayers too, right? Okay, children are precious, valuable, and important to God, and they should be precious, valuable, and important to us. Um, It is our responsibility to help kids know how important God is. We live in a world right now that wants to start from pretty much birth of um, telling kids that you can be whatever you want to be, and I'm talking about boy, girl, you know, whatever. But God is the one that created that child, right? God is the one who um, created them in their innermost parts. He knows every single thing about that child. And he created them in a special and unique way. So if we, right from the start, as parents, as um, grandparents, as aunts, as uncles, as neighbors, um, any way that you're a part of that child's life, you should be putting um, or doing your very best to um, let them know how loved they are, how precious they are in Jesus' sight. 
Now today, um, the lesson is a pretty simple one. But it also, if I was downstairs, and the kids know this, <laughs> if I was downstairs, we could break this lesson up into like a few weeks. And what we would do, right kids? We would um, show video, right? We would play games maybe. We would definitely have a craft, definitely have a craft, lots of glitter. <laughs> um, activity papers, because Robert is totally a search a word boy, right? Or maze, I'm so sorry. He's, he's the maze expert, very good. And um, of course we'd end in snack. Gotta always have a snack, right? <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a hit at class. Anyway, but I only have you guys this morning, so I'm sorry, I don't have a game. Um, no activity papers. We're not gonna show a video clip. Um, I'm so sorry, I didn't bring a snack for you guys. I'm so sorry. Get some veggies afterwards out the breezeway. It's better for you. Um, but we are going to do a little song, okay? Uh, that's why they are here, because y'all know I'm not very good at leading songs. So um, today, our first, is, our first verse is Matthew 5:16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now we're going to start with that classic song, This Little Light of Mine. You guys remember that? Okay. <laughs> All right, Alex is like, I'm ready for this. All right, everybody, put your little lights up. Remember in, in class, we always had our lights up. All right, we're just going to do um, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. And then shine it around the neighborhood, just that verse so just the two okay all right because it's it could go as a lengthy song but we ha we don't have a lot of time here <laughs> okay. all right so go lead us this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of to kids class if you were you know if you had you know that in kids class that was fun we always they actually have a video out now and I think you guys told me about it that uh, Rayla watches and it's it's so much fun and you march around with your little light shining it's this little light bulb that's singing it's so cute and um, but I figured it's you know we'll just let them lead this um, okay <laughs> so let our light shine isn't that what we're called to do, right? Is it easy to let our light shine all the time? It's not for me. <laughs> I'm going to be very honest with you today, honest and open, trying to make it as fun and as simplistic as possible. But I'm also um, going to be very real. 
Letting my light shine all the time is not easy. Because like Pastor said earlier, we let things get in our mind. That kind of makes us a little negative sometimes. And um, if we just keep our eyes focused on the Lord and remember that he is over it all, then he is going to change our mind frame and get us back to where we need to be in him, right? Our light will only shine when we let Jesus inside to, to grow us to be what he's called us to be. Because if we don't allow him to do that, then our light is going to get more and more dim. And we don't, we don't want that. Um, what we do and what we say should um, be making a godly difference in this dark world that we're living in. And it's not to give us any um, personal glory whatsoever. Everything that we do and say should be geared to the Lord. That's exactly what that verse says. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not to see, you know, your good works. There's nothing about us that's good except the Lord being inside of us. God is good. I love um, when we sing that, that song, God is good, and his goodness to me, and, and um, how much he loves us. He is good, and he loves us so much despite everything, right? And that's what we um, need to lead people to, and that's what this verse is all about. Jesus explained that no one lights a lamp just to hide it under a basket. We didn't sing that part of the song, right? Hide it under a, a what's it? And so they, it said a bushel, hide it under a bushel. Oh no, I'm going to let it shine, right? A lamp is meant to be placed on a stand to give light to everyone around it. And that means everyone. And that means also every one of you, if you have the Lord in your heart and in your life, and you should be growing that light, whether you're really shy, and I used to be, not anymore, <laughs> whether you're really shy or really outgoing, it's still your responsibility to let your light shine to the people around you. Did everybody hear that? Whether you're very quiet or really outspoken, it is your job to let your light shine. In a world that's filled with darkness, believers are to be the light shining through the darkness, to lead people um, into the arms of Jesus. That's where we find our safety. That's where we find our peace, that's where we find our joy. And like I said earlier, now more than ever, we're called to be lights in a world that's struggling um, against spiritual forces. We heard that Friday, right? We're not fighting against people, we're, we're fighting against the enemy. And that's who we need to be doing that warfare with. We need to be filled up with the word of God in our hearts and in our lives and, and be growing in him so we can fight what the enemy is trying to do. Um, especially as we currently deal with issues involving our health, right? Um, identities, finances, the government. We need to be lights um, shining for God more than ever, right? Um, as Pastor mentioned, um, the Halloween tracks are out there. Um, I went through a time where, um, right in the beginning, when Timmy was about three or four, uh, I celebrated Halloween 
with him as a little boy because I really didn't, you know, think too much of it. And then, actually, Pastor um, came in and really, you know, taught us more about it. And um, it kind of opened my eyes to the whole Halloween thing. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm not going to let my kids participate in this. Um, And I didn't. We didn't, you know, do the uh, parties at school. Um, We didn't go to the different events that they were having. Actually, I went just one time because some of um, my extended family was going. We went to one of those, uh, what are they called at the school? Chunk or treats um, at the school. And it really hit me because I was like, okay, I'm here. And the Lord was working on me at that point about Halloween. And when I was there, and it never really, and this really never happened to me before, but when I was there, I felt such an evil presence. And it just, I was like, oh Lord, we really should not be here. Because of the decorations, you know, not ever, it wasn't all um, princesses and uh, unicorns and, <laughs> um, and, and happy little things. People were celebrating um, and they were dressing up as the devil and they were dressing up um, with blood all over their bodies and they're, they're dressing up um, just as uh, um, aliens and all these scary, horrible things that represent death. There was nothing about that night that represented life. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm going to keep the kids from this, and I'm going to tell them why. And I I had issues because the kids were like, you know what, Mom, everybody else is doing it. And, you know, it's it's this big thing. It's not that big deal, Mom, a big of a deal, Mom. And I told them, I was like, listen, I explained to them, you know, what the Lord tells us about staying away from um, evil, you know, not participating in that. I also told them that they could um, dress up as superheroes any other time of the year, and they did. I had Spider-Man and uh, Batman and everybody running around in my house, and I would buy them candy any other time of the year, which if you look at both of them, they're fine. <laughs> they, they, they got their candy, but we were just not going to participate in that holiday. And as I was even discussing, I think, with Joan on Friday, that, you know, um, even people that was in that realm in the satanic realm, um, there's actual witches out there. There's actual satanic worshipers out there that have turned to Jesus, that have turned their lives around, and they're now teaching and preaching and telling people that, you know, this is, this is real. And Halloween is, is, is like the, the biggest holiday for witchcraft and, and satanic worship. And they're trying to pe- get people to understand that. So, um, like I said, I, I went through a different thing with Halloween, and I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to participate in any of it. And then a few years ago, I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Am I letting my light shine by just totally cutting it off? Because the rest of the world, my neighbors are still doing it, right? So what I decided, and I told my family, was we're going to start handing out these tracks because we have so many kids in the park that come. We're handing out the tracks with um, good pieces of candy, right? <laughs> and these kids are going to get the word. Whether, you know, their parents decide to do this or not, it's totally up to them, but that was our opportunity to at least shine our light on one of the darkest days of the year. So that's why we have them out there every year now. 
um, if you so choose to do that, if you live in a community where you have a lot of kids that come, or even if you have um, kids in your family that still participate in that, give them a track. And we have these cute little cards, too, that the kids will really like, but it still tells about Jesus on the card, so please take them. Um, We are to be a light. We are not to hide it under the bushel, but we are to let it be on a stand for the whole world to see, and that light is to lead people to Jesus, right? Okay. I just went a whole different tangent than what I was going to do, but (laughs) now you know. I I really needed to explain that Halloween um, track thing to you guys. All right, so how do we become lights to others? If we were down in class, this would be an open question, and I would be like, okay, raise your hands and tell me how can you be a light to others? In order for us to be a light to others, we need to have that light coming from us. And how do we do that? By growing in God. We have this example in the Bible where um, it's like being connected to a tree. Y'all know that example, right? Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches, and if we stay connected to that vine, what's going to happen, everyone? We're going to grow. But I even did this lesson, I don't know if any of the kids remember this, where, you know, we went and we took a branch from one of our trees, and we left it in the classroom for a while. And they saw every week that that poor branch... (laughs) was looking worse and worse and worse because it was no longer connected to that vine. When we disconnect from Jesus, we're not going to be growing the way we're supposed to be growing. We're not going to um, grow in the fruits that uh, the Holy Spirit has for us. In Galatians 5, 22 to 23, um, we learn about the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, which is most important first, right? Joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, kindness. As we grow in these fruits, they should begin to, you know, come out of us, shine out of us, right? Today, we're just talking about one of the fruits, because if we were talking about all of them, you guys have to have, you would have to be here all day, and I don't know, I know you don't want to do that, but we're just going to um, talk about kindness today, Kindness is, I believe, key to our walk with the Lord. Kindness is a choice also. We shouldn't just do things because God says do it. We should be doing it out of the abundance of what's in our heart that the Lord has put there already. We must be faithful every day to bear the good fruit of kindness. Some days it's going to be incredibly easy, right? And some days when you just meet somebody that just rubs you the wrong way, it's not going to be so easy to show that kindness. But we have to remember as light shining in the darkness, we are to be leading people to God's goodness, not pushing them further away. And that's with everyone. There's some quotes about kindness um, that I really like. One of them says, kindness is doing what you can, where you are with what you have. Isn't that great? Doing what you can, where you are with what you have. Because everybody can do something. 
And it's a total excuse when we say we're too busy, we're too tired, they don't deserve it. That may be a big one, right? They're total excuses. We have to remember what the Lord has done for us when he was tired, when he was hurt, and we didn't deserve it. Kindness is doing what you can where you are with what you have. There's another quote um, that I just read it from Mark Twain. This is kind of cute. It says, kindness is the language that the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Isn't that awesome? Kindness is not when we feel like it. Hmm. <laughs> I woke up on the right side of the bed this morning, so I'm going to be kind today. <laughs> It should be more than just a random act of kindness, too. Kindness requires a seeking out, a looking for the needs of others. We learned um, on Wednesday nights, uh, probably a few months ago, about being agents for the Lord. Always, always being aware that there's people around you that need help, right? And you never know when the Lord is going to be using you as the one to help them, to be that agent. So that's why I said kindness requires a seeking out, looking for the needs of others. During Jesus' life on earth, he was the perfect example, right? The perfect example of kindness. For three years of his ministry, he looked toward the needs of others, never turning them away. And it was constant. Constant, constant, constant. People always wanted something. Do you know how that is? <laughs> People always wanted something. But we never, I don't at least remember, reading anything in, in God's word where it says, nah, I'm too tired. You just have to wait a, wait a while, please. I can't deal with this right now. He was there to heal and to help and to give love and to, to give words of encouragement and to give hope and to give peace and, and to, to offer out um, a difference in people's lives no matter when, no matter what, right? That's why he came. Just some um, quick examples of his kindness. There's so many, but I just had to choose like a few <laughs> so I wouldn't be forever. Um, I love this. Jesus heals a man with leprosy, Matthew 8, 1 to 3. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Now, if you guys know anything about leprosy, right? It's a horrible, horrible disease. And back then, if you had that, you were, you know, totally, is that the word, ostracized from the community? You weren't allowed to be near anybody. You weren't allowed to, to live in the community um, or have anybody be, get near you. Um, it, was, it was feared. And um, yes, it is, is contagious. And it even happens today, right, Angie? But of course, because of you know, understanding things better, it is um, curable if caught early. But back then, they didn't understand all that. It was just fear, don't get near them. But here we have the Lord. 
He didn't care that the person was full of sores, and we don't know, you know, if there was limbs still on this person. We have no idea. But this man comes to him, and he says, Lord, if you're willing, will you heal me? And of course the Lord's going to be willing (laughs) to heal him. But he not only just said the words, he actually touched him. When that was totally forbidden and feared at that time, he touched him. What can we learn about kindness from that really quick example? Jesus took pity on the leper. He healed him of his disease. He didn't see the man as a leper, but as a human being. How many times do we see somebody, and I'm guilty of this too, and I'm, forgive me, Lord, for this. How many times do you see somebody that doesn't look too good? They're unclean, right? They're different from you. Um, or they just look really, really bad, <laughs> and you kind of avoid them. If you haven't, praise the Lord, bless you. But I'm guilty of that. The Lord didn't avoid this person. He met him right where he was at. He used what he had, and he met his need out of kindness, out of love. He didn't see his issue he saw the person and the person's heart. And that was kindness shown in a major way. Jesus taught us that kindness should go beyond what we see. We should look at where they're coming from, try to understand their circumstances, and then make a difference. That leads them to the Lord, right? This is a really good quote, too, from Mother Teresa. It says, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. Think about that. The next example that um, I chose is when uh, Jesus went and dined with a sinner. Remember Zacchaeus? (laughs) That's another little song we learned in uh, kids' class, and I'm not going to sing that. But um, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and when he... You know, knew the Lord was coming. He went up in a tree. You know, all of you who know this song are singing this in your head right now, right? Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree, sycamore fig tree, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I had to have that part of the song, right? Immediately, I'm coming to your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. What's mutter mean? Grumble and speak quietly like, I can't believe he's doing that. What? What is he doing? He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen? Now, think about that. If you know anything about tax collectors back then, were they liked? Are tax collectors like now? (laughs) 
Okay. You don't like it when anybody tries to take your money. But anyway, they were really like outcasts back then. You know, they were like really thieves because they kind of did it themselves. They were taking more than what they were supposed to be taking. So they kind of brought that on themselves. And he, he was a thief. And um, a lot of people didn't like him. That's why they were like, why is Jesus eating with this sinner? Right? But as the verse says, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus um, was the tax collector and he would also, I'm sorry, would often abuse the powers to line his pockets with the people's hard-earned money. Yet Jesus never hesitated to dine with him. He didn't care what others would think about him, right? He didn't care if people would even hate him because he knew that was going to happen anyway. But if we really think about it, that's the kind of kindness that the world needs today. We need to reach out to people even when we um, know that they're not doing great things. Because we have the answer to that, don't we? Right? Jesus taught us how kindness can change lives. If he never you know, reached out to Zacchaeus, then that man couldn't have had a chance and an opportunity to have his heart changed. And because um, God showed, or Jesus showed him kindness and spoke truth into Zacchaeus's life, he was changed. He actually, you know, went out to the people and, and gave them money back, right? And he asked for, you know, forgiveness and, and his whole life was changed because of that. Um, we should try to help people right their wrongs and turn their life around by the power of Jesus, right? We shouldn't be judging them because of the mistakes that they've made because we've all made mistakes, right? We should be leading them um, to the Lord in what we say and what we do and that kindness that the Lord has shown us and these examples that I'm saying today um, should be teaching us how we need to be kind to others. And this um, last example here, uh, you can just kind of pinch yourself and be like, okay, this may hurt a little bit. Um, forgiving those who hurt him. Yeah. Really, really quiet. <laughs> okay, while Jesus was in the garden speaking with his disciples about praying. This is... Um, one of the first uh, things of forgiveness in the, in the garden. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. He healed one of the men that was getting ready to arrest him. Think about that. In spite of imminent death, Jesus still was being kind. Jesus still found it so important to heal the man who was getting ready to arrest him because his kindness was pointing to God. Even while hanging on the cross, Jesus still managed to ask God to spare the people who were hurting him. 
because they did not know what they were doing. The people that um, arrested him, charged him wrongly, spit on him, um, tore open his skin, beat him, made him carry a cross um, where everybody's mocking him and throwing things at him, and then he's put on the cross, and um, he's not just tied on the cross, he's actually nailed to the cross. And he's looking out at the people, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Talk about being kind. Mm. Jesus is teaching us about kindness by offering forgiveness even to the ones who we think don't deserve it. We didn't. We didn't deserve it. Let me um, put these examples now guided to our lives. There's three ways we can show kindness in our lives today. Kindness with our words. So, so major here. It says in Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. (laughs) Boy, can our mouths get us in trouble, right? We need to think before we speak. If we don't have something kind to say, what's that saying? Don't say anything at all. When we do say things, it should be pointing people to Jesus, right? We should um, remember that it's not good to gossip. We should remember it's not good to start rumors. We should remember that people's Um, our words can really hurt. There's so many lessons we can learn from this whole teaching today, but um, one of the major things um, that I always remember, and I think, Pastor, you said this, is somebody can give you 100 compliments, right? And that's all great and wonderful, but what are you going to remember? The one thing that they said bad about you that's what, they're, that's what you're going to remember. And it's sad because the person who said it, they don't realize what they're doing to that other person, right? Our words are so important. Don't let anything come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs and that it will benefit those who listen. Kindness with our actions is number two. Do what you can where you're at with what you um, have. Remember that little quote from before? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do um, to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That's Matthew 7, 12. If somebody is hungry, what are we supposed to do? If somebody's thirsty, what are we supposed to do? That's right. Um, there's an example that um, I, I just witnessed not too long ago. Um, we were at, 
we were in Delaware, and um, there was a person in front of a grocery store, and um, actually it was a family. It was a family in front of a grocery store, a mom and her little kids, and um, she had a sign that she needed food and money, um, and uh, she seemed pretty sincere. And sometimes, you know, we, we get in our minds, right, that, oh, you just never know if they're telling the truth. Um, but you know what? That's, that's between them and God, right? And what a perfect place to be in front of a grocery store if you're asking for food. <laughs> just saying. So, um, gave them money, right, and, and said, you know, Jesus loves them. And then um, when we were walking out of the store, um, the person who was with me went way beyond um, in showing kindness. She actually gave the person money and then started talking with this mom. And, this, and the, the person I was with just wanted to know, you know, what, what's this situation? Why, are you, why is this happening to you? And the lady said she had lost her job. She had like four or five kids. Um, and she was just in, in a really, you know, bad spot. And um, this person who was asking the questions, they just basically told them, you know, um, that God is good and that he was going to help them and that it was going to be okay. So this person wasn't, didn't just show an action in giving them money. That person went a little further and spoke Jesus into their life and then prayed with them and hugged them. Remember the examples from Jesus? <laughs> he actually hugged the person not, or touched the person, right, that others would not get close to. Our actions mean so much. And number three, kindness with our attitude. This is a biggie. Um, if they're mean to us, what's the world say? <laughs> if they're mean to us, we should be mean to them, right? Or um, if our attitude is, oh, they just don't understand, so we're not even going to go there with them, right? Just, it's terrible. Or that was not fair. They got something that, you know, I wanted, or, or it's a bigger house, nicer car, whatever, you know. <laughs> um, I know a lot, and at the kids at school, and Alex, you can tell me, I'm, I know they have rules and stuff, but it still happens. I know it does. Um, where p kids are made fun of, right? Because they don't have certain things. Um, our attitude is a big thing. One of the uh, major things that our teens are always saying, not Alex. Alex, I'm proud of you. Um, our kids are like, well, if they're, like I said, if they're going to treat me mean, I'm going to go right back at them. And they don't just come at them with words. <laughs> Fists are flying. <laughs> and if those, if, like I said in the beginning, if we can get into the kids that there's a different way to handle things, that if we can get the kids to understand that if they can have um, Jesus in their heart and in their life, and if they allow him to do that work, then their whole attitude is going to change. They're going to want to help that person that's hurting them. They're going to want to encourage that person that's hurting them, even though it's hard. Because, and their words are, are going to be out of kindness, 
um, because the love of Jesus is going to be growing in them. And that kindness is going to be spilling out um, over to them. And in all of these things, kindness with our words, kindness with our actions, kindness with our attitudes, um, that goes both ways. We shouldn't just um, expect that from others, right? We should be that way too. And if we're not, um, it's major to go and ask for forgiveness. That last example of Jesus um, forgiving those who, who basically killed him. <laughs> what else can I say about that? We need to ask for forgiveness, right? We not only need to give, but we need to also ask if we're unkind to someone. Now, on November 13th, the world um, has a day of World Kindness Day, which I really didn't know about, because <laughs> there seems to be a day for everything. <laughs> you know, world, world Cookie Day, World Pizza Day, it's just, you know. Anyway, there's a World Kindness Day on November 13th. It's a day highlighting random good deeds and positivity. But is that what really kindness is about? Just waiting for one day to be like, okay, today's the day. I'm going to be kind. (laughs) Um, Should kindness be reserved for just one day a year of like Christmas? or birthdays, or Valentine's, right? I know in Valentine's we, we do a, we did, you know, where we did random acts of kindness to show love to people around Valentine's Day. But is that the only day we should be showing kindness? No. What does kindness look like? We can sum it up in one word. That's Jesus. As we continue to stay connected and grow in him, we will find that kindness is for every moment of every day. It should be a lifestyle, a continual growing process. It should be intentional. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. (laughs) It's going to have to um, be selfless in a world that's so self-centered. When we're busy, when we're too tired, and majorly, kindness is for everyone, not just for certain ones that we want to be kind to. As we intentionally show kindness each day, our prayer is that we're going to be shining that light so bright that the darkness is going to be gone, right, around us. So here's our challenge for, um, here's my challenge for all of you today. Are you going to be Jesus to someone today and every day by letting your light of kindness shine through in the darkness? I don't know what y'all are going to do after church. Some of you may be going out to dinner, right? Some of um, you may be going shopping, gets your groceries, whatever. I don't know. Some of you may be going home. Don't know. But my, my challenge is, wherever you go, whoever you come in contact with today, are you going to be that Jesus that they need? Are you going to um, show that kindness that only comes from Jesus? Are you going to let your light shine in the darkness? I did this lesson 
kind of in a different way for youth a few weeks ago, right, Alex? And um, we actually, I did it in a way of um, using the verse about how we're supposed to be clothed, you know, with kindness and compassion and humility and everything. And we talked about getting dressed right in the morning and how important it is to put that kindness on every day. And um, no matter, uh, that should be one of the most important things that we do. And I told this story, and um, I wanted to tell it again today because um, it's, it's so important to think about. There was this uh, new girl at school. It was, um, she was going into seventh grade. And um, this is a story from um, this young man's point of view, another seventh grader, okay? So he sees this new girl come in. They're in seventh grade. And um, that's about the time in middle school when things start changing a little bit. I remember this so clearly. In elementary school, right, you're, y'all young, y'all playing and having fun, and everybody's, you know, having a great time. Everybody's getting along. Well, come middle school, when kids start getting a little older, they don't... Um, Sometimes they don't always uh, show kindness. Let's just say that. (laughs) So this is the seventh grade girl. She comes in. She's new. She doesn't look like everybody else. She's very different. Um, She wears these big glasses, and and she doesn't um, really comprehend things the way the other kids, you know, do. And and kids being kids, they're just mean. They're they're, um, making fun of her. They're not letting her participate in other things that they're doing, and they're just totally shunning her. You know, she's different, and we're going to make fun of her, and she's just not going to be a part of what we're doing. And, and like I said, this is, this, um, this is a story from this other boy's point of view. This other boy just happened to um, go to church every Sunday, and he was a believer, and, and he's learning about the kindness of Jesus in his classes at church, and he's watching all of this happen, but he doesn't say anything. And this goes on probably for um, half the year. And finally, one day, the boy goes to school and the girl's just not there. She's just gone. And he never knew what happened to this young girl. So this, this man, it's, it's later on in life, and he's thinking back to this experience. And his heart is broken. Because all he can think of is that missed opportunity that he had to make a difference in that little girl's life. To show her that she was valuable, important, that she was loved. Somebody cared for her. He knew who cared for him. He knew who was helping him every day in school. But he didn't open his mouth to help that little girl, to shine his light. It choked me up then, and it's choking me up now. To shine some light in this little girl's dark world. And all he can think about was, if that little girl, who was obviously, because they're older, if she grew up not knowing the love of Jesus, worst case scenario, she is no longer on the earth, and she died without knowing Jesus when that little boy could have been the light for her. 
are you guys the one who needs to speak into somebody's life? Do you have somebody on your mind right now that you're thinking, you know what? I see them a lot, but I'm not saying anything. Whether it be your neighbor, at the store, just anybody. God gives us opportunities everywhere we go. If you're here today and um, you need help in that, then you need to pray and ask God to give you boldness. And to give you that love for the people that need to see kindness. Or, today you may be sitting there and you're like, you know what, nobody's ever really said that to me, that I'm valuable, important, or loved. Well, let me tell you right now, you are. You are all valuable, important, and loved. God created each one of us for a special purpose and has a wonderful plan for each one of our lives if we just let him do what he wants to do in us. I count it a privilege to be able to be with our kids. To have been with the kids for a really long time because I think it's awesome to see um, how kids learn and grow and how their eyes just open up when they really understand something. And to see them, you know, as adults still come into the house of the Lord, still seeing how important it is to grow in their relationship with the Lord. But again, it's, that's just not my job. That's all of our jobs. Close your eyes with me, please. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to share something that's so important for each one of us. You love us so much. You love your creation so much. You not only want us to experience that love and forgiveness, but you want us to share that with others. Help us to be that light shining in the darkness. Help us to be who you called us to be. Help us to be mindful of our words and our actions and our attitudes. And help us, Lord, in what we say and what we do and how we do it 
let it be to glorify you. Always to lead people to you. Because you are the answer for the world today. Lord, if there's anybody here today that doesn't know you, that doesn't have that relationship with you, that wants to experience your love and your forgiveness personally, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that they understand that all they have to do is call upon you to ask you to come into their heart to forgive them of their sins, Lord. And you will. Because you see them, you love them, and you want to help them right where they're at. And if there's anybody here today, Lord God, that just needs help in being kind, as we all do, help us to look to you daily, to be filled up with a heart like yours, so we can offer that kindness wherever we go. Jesus, you are worthy of it all. And we praise you today just for being so good. We trust you, we love you, and we thank you. And Jesus, as we leave your house today, just I pray that a seed has been planted in each one of our hearts to go be the light and to let the kindness shine through. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.